Welcome to the State Historical Society of North Dakota's podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Historic Sites Manager Diane Rognes and Acting Museum Director Chris Johnson to discuss the grand opening activities and exhibit galleries at two new interpretive centers opening this spring at the Chateau de Mores and Fort Abercrombie State Historic Sites. Hi, I'm Diane Rognes. I'm the Historic Sites Manager for the State Historical Society of North Dakota. And what I do is to oversee all of the historic sites that we have. We have 56, so that's quite a few. Uh, not all of them are staffed, but we do have some really special ones that are. About uh, four are open year-round, and we have an additional four that are open seasonally. Now this year we've got some really special things going on. We have a new interpretive center at the Chateau de Mores out in Medora and the grand opening for that is April 25th, 26th, and 27th and it's going to be very exciting. 25th starts off with Arch Elwine portraying Vic Smith who was a uh, champion buffalo hunter in the western part of the United States and territories in the late 1880s. He was very well known. He was the hunting guide for the Marquis and he will do tales around the campfire Friday night. Saturday activities include um, the life of Medora, Madame de Mores, that will have Karen Nelson, who portrays Medora, talking about Medora as a person. Karen has done a lot of research, a lot of new research that we've not seen before, and I'm looking forward to that because I think that'll be very exciting. That will be Saturday. We also have the Marquis de Mores coming to talk to us. A new actor, Lance Rustand, will be portraying the Marquis. Uh, ribbon cutting at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday. Wine and cheese and 125th anniversary ball uh, for celebrating Medora's founding will be at the Medora Community Center that evening. Sunday we will have a living history tour of the Chateau. You will actually run into historic characters as you tour through the house. So very exciting for the Chateau de Mores Interpretive Center. Another exciting Thing happening this year on the historic sites is Fort Abercrombie State Historic Site that's south of Fargo near Wapaton. Uh, we have a new interpretive center going up there. The grand opening for that facility will be Sunday, May 18th. The new interpretive center will be just to the west of the actual fort site. So very close for walking around the fort and and getting to the Interpretive Center. Uh, grand opening will start at noon and it will be like a Sunday afternoon visit with family and friends. The ribbon cutting for the new facility will be at 2 p.m. 2.30 on into the afternoon we will have a variety of entertainment going on including some entertainment um, speakers and singers and maybe even dancers from the Dakota people uh, who were the original inhabitants at that area. Uh, also music by the Miller family, Gary Miller, Barbara Miller, 
their daughters Susanna and Joanna uh, with Civil War era music. So a great time for Sunday, May 18th. My name is Chris Johnson. I work as the Acting Museum Director for the State Historical Society of North Dakota. And uh, I'm here to tell you a little bit today about uh, two new visitor centers that we're opening up uh, this spring. Uh, one is on the east side of the state at Fort Abercrombie State Historic Site. And the other one is on the west side of the state at Chateau de Mores State Historic Site. And specifically, I'm going to talk about the exhibits uh, that are going into each of those visitor centers, give you just a little hint of what's going to be uh, going on there. Uh, let's start in the east part of the state with Fort Abercrombie. Uh, Fort Abercrombie is located about a half an hour south of Fargo, and it is a historic site that focuses on the history of Fort Abercrombie from about 1858 up till about 1877 and it's a partially reconstructed military fort. The interpretive center that we've built at the site is going to be opening to the public on May 18th, 2008, and it's going to um, focus specifically on that history. And the exhibit that we put together here is about a thousand square foot exhibit space. And the centerpiece of that exhibit is going to kind of focus on Fort Abercrombie and its role in the 1862 uh, Minnesota Indian War, uh, what's also known as the Dakota Conflict, and how Fort Abercrombie fit in that and kind of the subsequent military campaigns that came after the 1862 Minnesota Indian War. The uh, exhibit itself is kind of divided into five major sections. The first areas we're going to talk about is called a Frontier to Some, Homeland to Others, and that focuses on the landscape around Fort Abercrombie prior to the creation of the fort itself. Prior to the creation of the fort, this was an area that was heavily uh, used by a variety of different people. Uh, the Dakota were living in this area. There was also Chippewa that were living here. There were Métis fur traders coming south along the Red River. So this was a, a vital transportation area, but it was also kind of a boundary area between different groups. And so it made sense, I, I can see for the military, why they wanted to place this fort here. The next section of the exhibit focuses on the actual construction of the fort itself. Fort Abercrombie was created by an act of Congress in 1857, and it wasn't until 1858 that they actually went out and started to build the fort. And the first fort itself was built kind of in a, a low area, which today you actually got across the river into Minnesota to get to this spot. But when they built this on this low area, they didn't quite factor in that the Red River tends to flood now and then. And so it wasn't too long afterwards that they actually built the fort on a little bit higher ground. So that we talk about that, some of the problems with the location and uh, why they sited the fort where they did. The third area focuses what we call Fort Abercrombie at War. It deals with that Minnesota Indian War of 1862 and then how Fort Abercrombie served as kind of a base uh, in the campaigns that went on in 1863 and 1864 out into Dakota Territory, the campaigns of General Sibley and General Sully. The fourth area of the exhibit focuses on uh, the kind of the frontier moving west and how as the frontier moved west, Fort Abercrombie declined in importance, and so its role as a military fort decreased, and so eventually there was no longer a need for it, and so by 1877 the fort closed. And then finally, the last section of the exhibit is what we call Reconstructing the Past, talking about the efforts 
particularly in the early 1900s up through the 1930s, uh, where the park became, it became a state park, again, a state historic site, and then the work by the WPA and the CCC to reconstruct portions of the fort and kind of bringing it up, up to kind of the modern day. So those are kind of the major sections. In addition to that indoor exhibit of about a thousand square feet, we have, we have about 15 outdoor interpretive signs, and they're gonna focus on specific locations out on the fort grounds itself. Um, and we're gonna talk about particular buildings that once stood there. And then in addition to that, we're also gonna talk about some of the key people that you would find at this fort. Nowadays, you walk out there, you don't see any of the people necessarily that were at the fort, but this was almost like a bustling community in a sense, and, there were, and people had different jobs. So in front of the commanding officer's quarters, we'll talk about the, the building itself, but also talk about the role of the commanding officer, what his job was. At the blacksmith shop, we'll talk about how the blacksmith shop was constructed why that was important, but also talk about the blacksmith, how he was paid sometimes more than the soldiers themselves, uh, kind of a specialized trade. So we have about 15 of those signs that talk about some of the unique areas of the fort. So even for a person who knows nothing about forts, it gives you kind of a, almost like a an basic anatomy of the fort itself. So that's uh, Fort Abercrombie. A, a lot of the funding that we're getting for this exhibit comes from federal highways, and so there's a strong emphasis on transportation as well. And it, it's a very strong fit with this fort. The fort was sited, so it straddled a lot of major transportation routes. The Red River was a, uh, used almost like a highway, shipping goods uh, north up to Fort Gary and also the ox cart trails coming down along the Red River Valley. Um, it was a, a place where military, a lot of the military campaigns came through here, so it, it does have a very strong transportation focus. So that's kind of Fort Abercrombie in a nutshell. Again, it opens to the public, the museum itself opens to the public on May 16th, and then the grand opening for the site uh, and this new interpretive center is May 18th, 2008. The other uh, exhibit that we're working on, uh, actually has been installed and is ready to go now, is at Chateau de Mores State Historic Site. And uh, this is also a brand new exhibit in a brand new interpretive center. Uh, we have essentially more than tripled the size of the interpretive center that was at the Chateau. And with this new interpretive center, we can focus specifically on more history of the, the Marquis and his business enterprises. Uh, this interpretive center is going to open to the public officially on April 25th, 2008. The ribbon cutting actually is on April 26th. This is about a 2,000 square foot exhibit, so it's about twice the size of the Fort Abercrombie exhibit. The centerpiece of this exhibit is its focal point on the, the Marquis de Mores and his cattle empire. Uh, he, was, he had come up with the idea of not only raising beef out here on the uh, prairies and on the range here in Dakota, but also taking those animals, slaughtering them here on the range, and then shipping them back to eastern markets. And so we focus on the idea of that business. We talk about the construction of his slaughterhouse, but we also talk about the technology that was required for that. And one of the key components of that technology was refrigerated boxcars, refrigerated rail cars. And so in the center of this exhibit, you'll see a large yellow uh, refrigerated rail car decorated as it may have looked at the time when the Marquis ran the, what was called the Northern Pacific Refrigerator Car Company. It was not actually owned by the Northern Pacific Railway, but he was kind of affiliated with them. And he used that uh, to ship the dressed beef back to Eastern markets. 
Again, this is an exhibit that focuses on transportation. So some of the main features in this exhibit are gonna be not only the refrigerator car company, but also things such as the Medora to Deadwood stagecoach line, which was a stagecoach line that ran for about a year in operation. And it probably would have run longer if the mail, if the stagecoach line had gotten its mail contract, but it had a, a competition that got the mail contract instead. In addition, you'll see a hunting wagon in this exhibit that was used by the Marquis and Medora for when they went on their hunting trips. They would entertain clients who'd come out and friends who'd come out to visit them. You'll also see a lot more of the clothing uh, that they would have worn at that time. Uh, this building has much better climate control systems than the, the old Interpretive Center. And so we were able to bring out a lot of things that were too sensitive to put in that earlier visitor center. This building, again, as I said, is uh, is about 2,000 square feet as far as the exhibit space itself. In addition, we have about a 1,000 square foot temporary exhibit gallery, and we're going to have changing exhibits throughout the years uh, that will always give visitors something new to come and look at. One of the exhibits that's going to be coming out there later this summer on display is artwork of Einar Olsted, who was a local artist in the area who painted a lot of scenes of kind of the cowboy and ranching lifestyle of his time period. And he also worked during the time of the CCC in the 1930s and helped with some of the iron work and some of the artwork at some of these sites. So the east side of the state, Fort Abercrombie is going to be coming along uh, here May 18th with its grand opening. And then the weekend of April 25th, 26th, we have the grand opening for the Chateau and their exhibits as well. Well, that concludes this episode on the Interpretive Center Grand Openings at the Chateau de Mores and Fort Abercrombie State Historic Sites. As always, for more information on the State Historical Society of North Dakota, visit us at www.nd.gov HIST. In the meantime, visit us at the North Dakota Heritage Center or one of the 56 State Historic Sites we manage. Thanks for listening.